everyone and welcome to this special podcast from Melbourne's RuxCon Breakpoint Security Conference. I'm Patrick Gray. This podcast is a joint production between The Register and Risky.biz and it's brought to you by Packet Loop. Big data security, post-exploitation detection in the cloud. Head to packetloop.com and sign up for the beta. And of course, if you'd like to subscribe to our security podcasts, head to risky.biz slash feeds. This podcast is an interview I did at Breakpoint with security researcher Travis Goodspeed. He's come up with a hardware device called Face Dancer that allows him to capture USB device firmware simply by emulating a USB device. Now, what can you do with that? Well, you can start messing with those devices, loading up custom firmware, and even use modified USB devices to attack hosts. So I started off by asking Travis to recap his talk. Okay, so I was reverse engineering USB devices. And I wanted to be able to catch their firmware, because I need a copy of the firmware in order to take it apart. Now, USB has a semi-standard way of installing updates, which is called the Device Firmware Update Protocol. This is used by the iPod and the iPhone and every MP3 player, a couple of phones. So by emulating this firmware update protocol, I could pretend to be the device... And then the host would give me a copy of the firmware thinking that mine was out of date. Um, and this is portable enough that you can do it for any random device. So I build hardware. This hardware plugs into my workstation and then into the computer that, that does the update. And I've got a Python script that runs on my workstation which implements the USB device. I then run this Python script with the vendor ID and a product ID of the device whose firmware I wish to catch. And then the victim machine will mistake my virtual device for a real physical one. It installs the update, and then I get a copy of it. And then what do you do with it? I mean, what's the purpose of capturing these firmware updates across the wire with your specialist hardware? Well, once you get a firmware update, you load it into a program called IDA Pro, which... um, allows you to disassemble the machine language instructions that the device uses. And then you can read that in the same way that you would read C. It's just a lot uglier. And by reading it, you can figure out how the device actually behaves. Um, So I usually do this to find um, either a vulnerability to exploit or to find hidden features in the device. So really, basically, what you're looking for is vulnerabilities in USB devices. So we're talking scanners, printers, phones, MP3 players, things, things of that nature? Right. Uh, if you remember back to the 90s when uh, DRM was first coming out, it was a big deal to have something which could convert from a DRM-protected mu- music file to one that was unprotected. Um, and one of the best ways to do this was to take, uh, say, an MP3 player that is allowed to play the, the music and then patch its firmware so that it gives you a raw decoding of it. And that way you get to bypass uh, audio cables or or that sort of stuff. Okay, so what is the most interesting stuff that you sort of found? I mean, say you find a vulnerability in a printer. What what do you do with that? Well, if I catch the printer's firmware update, I can then make a new program to run into that printer that makes it, say, both a printer and a thumb drive with a malicious Linux distribution on it. And then if you leave the printer plugged into your computer, as you reboot it, then your computer can be infected. Now, that's the interesting part, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is like how you actually go from infecting the device to infecting the host. How does that process work? 
Well, that's unique to every port of entry. Um, so the easiest way is to just pretend to be a thumb drive and to let the host boot from you. Um, you can even easily distinguish between the dialect of USB that's spoken by BIOS and the dialect that's spoken by, say, Linux or Windows, so that this virtual thumb drive, which, again, is the printer, only appears when BIOS is asking for it. And when Linux asks for it or when Windows asks for it, it's then just a printer. Um, so you can hide things in it this way, because every USB device is a computer and is a general-purpose computer. You can reprogram them to do new things. So I guess the interesting part here is that what you're talking about isn't necessarily just finding vulnerabilities in devices. It's about how to sort of custom reprogram devices to turn them into machines that will own the hosts that they connect to. Right. Or you might want uh, perfectly legitimate things. Uh, I'm working on a new type of encrypted thumb drive. And to do that, I could either manufacture my own hardware or I can reprogram existing hardware. Uh, and by reverse engineering it, it's existing firmware which I catch using the techniques from this presentation, I can then change that firmware to make it do new things. Now, that seems like a rather constructive application, but I'm sure there's some malicious ones as well. I mean, what's the... Let's get to the fun stuff that you can do with this. Okay, so the, the fun stuff is getting code execution on the host. Um, you know not to connect your computer directly to the Internet running all sorts of services. Uh, so 10 years ago, you might install Linux for the first time and turn on every single server, like a web well, server. Well, Red Hat 6.2, what could yeah. go wrong? Right? You know, I mean, a web server, that's cool, let's turn that on. DNS server, that's cool, let's turn that on. You know? And if you do that connected to the Internet today, you have about 20 minutes before someone breaks into the machine. I would have thought about 20 seconds, but yeah. Now, we all know not to do this for Ethernet networks, but we do it every single day for USB, because when I plug a USB device into my laptop, my laptop running Linux just loads the driver which is the same as having every single server that's shipped with the operating system running. Um, if I connect on one port, I'm speaking to the driver for a USB to serial chip. For another port, I'm connected to the driver for a Wi-Fi card. And whatever I say I am, the host will take my word for it. So if I say that I'm a wireless card, it will then load the driver for it. And Linux has dozens of wireless cards. It supports every wireless card ever manufactured except for the wireless card in my laptop. And every single one of those is an open port speaking a complicated protocol using poorly debugged C. So then you're opening up a whole bunch of attacks against all sorts of drivers. Oh, tons. Thousands. And each one of these is broken in a different way. And most of these mistakes can be used to uh, break into the kernel. So this is the thing. I mean, we're most used to, you know, USB as an infection vector. We're usually looking for, I mean, you know, there was the .LNK vulnerability, but that was very much a Windows problem, not so much a driver's problem. That was a logic bug. You know, you've got sort of viruses that may be able to propagate on a poorly protected system because, you know, it just mounts a file system, copy it over, whatever, right? Auto run, all of that sort of stuff. But really what you're talking about is actual exploitation from a USB device direct kernel, kernel mode exploitation. Yes, and that has been done before, but the tools to do it were not available before. So specifically what I've done is I've built a very good tool for developing those sorts of attacks. The face dancer. Now, you're actually uh, selling these, or you're, you're making them available, is that right? Or you're just giving people the, um, uh, the, the, the schemas and stuff to build their own? Uh, so the design is completely open. You could manufacture 10,000 in China tomorrow, and you have every right to do that. And uh, I thank you kindly and maybe ask for a few. 
If you would like the PCB, which you can use to make this device yourself at home, using a soldering iron and the, the relevant parts, we're mailing those for free or for the cost of shipping. Yes. So if you've got the money, send us shipping and handling. If you don't have the money, we don't care. Please don't send me your matriculation number in university to prove that you're a student. I don't check papers. Just send me a, a, a shipping address and the boards will go out. Now, I imagine the purpose of this research is to encourage driver manufacturers to get their act together. Uh, that would be a part of it. I mean, in addition to it being a lot of fun to do this sort of yeah. thing. Uh, but, you know, we're, in the security world, we're, we're used to the idea that physical access always wins. What are the practical ramifications of this? Well, 10 years ago, yes. 10 years ago, physical access, you always win. Uh, but now we're looking at machines that are rather locked down. Uh, with the new Windows 8 for ARM, you as a user don't even have the right to um, install your own software. You have to purchase it through the Windows Store. And in this case, we're coming up with the new situation where users want to break into their own computers. And the computers are defended against their own users as the attacker. So Apple doesn't want you to run your own software on the iPhone. You use a jailbreak exploit in order to do it anyways. Well, the same things will very soon need to be written for desktop computers. So you think we're heading down to that lockdown and environment? Yes. Uh, I think someone somewhere read a paranoid essay by Richard Stallman and thought this is so evil. Hey, we could do this. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this for like purely beneficent reasons, but... The bugs do need to be fixed, and they need... But, but, but what's a practical attack look like? I mean, what's a scenario in which you would use this uh, as, a, as a malicious person? As a malicious person, you would never see it if it worked. Uh, it would be the same as when you go to a malicious website and it installs code on your computer. Um, and then suddenly you get pop-up ads even when you're not going to the websites you shouldn't be going to. So, so it's almost like, a, you, know, a, you know, there was the, all the beautiful Firewire DMA attacks and stuff like that. So it's, you can right. sort of use it as a way to say someone's left their system running screen locked or whatever, you want to put some, uh, you know, Trojan on it or something like that. You might be able to do it this way. Right. And the, the Firewire attacks are, are so well documented and so well implemented because we all have laptops that speak Firewire. Um, but none of us have laptops that directly speak USB as a device. And the board corrects this. And hopefully now that the hardware is available in the security community, the driver authors will begin to realize that they need to fix things. And realistically, the drivers themselves won't be fixed. The, the ways in which they're loaded need to be fixed. Um, as convenient as it is that Linux will automatically load a driver for anything that I plug in, it's a horrific security idea. Uh, and just the loading of, of modules, if that were less automated, it would uh, significantly help the defenders. Now, is there a software component to this stuff that you've developed as well, or is that just rather simple? I mean, you mentioned something in Python. I mean, is it a particularly yeah, complicated so package? Almost all of the complexity is in Python. There's a little bit of C that runs on my board, but all it does is shuffle packets back and forth to the host. So when I'm using this board to uh, write an emulator for a device, I'm doing all of that work in Python. And the Python code for four device emulators is already available on the Subversion repository. So uh, you've open sourced this whole thing? Yeah. It's all BSD licensed. You can do whatever you like with it. 
Well, there you go, listeners. If, uh, if you so choose, you may go forth and uh, get into all sorts of USB trickery, thanks to our guest, Travis Goodspeed. Thank you very much for speaking to us on Risky Business. Thank you kindly. Thank you.